0: Thank you. Welcome in to another great edition of Strong Style, Impact Media's weekly MMA, pro wrestling, and combat sports podcast, show, whatever you want to call it. I'm Jeremy the Impact, York. Welcome in. It's been a week. You guys know I usually do this, I usually do this show way earlier in the week. It's just been a week. It happens. But still wanted to get it out to you guys. Uh still plan to do all the other shows on time next week. It is what it is. Uh, lots to get into. We had a uh, night one of the draft on SmackDown. Talk about night two next week. And, uh, you know, some of the shakeups with that. Impact Wrestling's got some big... or got a big pay-per-view coming tonight... Uh, UFC, Bellator, all that. But, as always, let's start with WWE and Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw, last Monday, or I think the two Mondays ago, I guess. Uh, it opened up. You know, we know Big E is the new champ. Congratulations to him. But it opens up, and uh, basically... Him and Bobby Lashley are going to have a return bout, which makes sense. He beat Lashley for the title. Lashley's due. His rematch, you know, that's not a made-up thing. So they are going to have it, and then there's outside interference. And because the outside interference, Pat Pierce comes out, Sonya Deville, and says, I got an idea. You guys are still going to wrestle tonight. but so now it's going to be the main event what it should have been, but this was a good tease because the match kind of came out of nowhere. It's going to be the main event. It's going to be in a Steel Cage. Wow. Steel Cage. First of all, they've done a ton of Steel Cage matches in the last couple of weeks, but this one absolutely lived up to the bill. These are two big, strong, physical guys that are they're they're top tier guys. Um and as much as I, I I hated Lashley to lose the belt, at least he lost it to Big E who can kind of carry it on and deserves it all the same. Lashley can get into some other stuff right now. But uh this match, man, it's if you want to see two just two Brahma bulls basically in a in a China shop. Uh it fantastic match, a lot of false finishes. It had us back and forth. There was all kinds of great action going on. Sure, there was people trying to interfere, as uh, we have now seen that Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin are back with Bobby Lashley. Haven't seen MVP in a week or so, so maybe he's uh, he's dinged up again. But I uh, haven't seen maybe taking time away. We don't know. But either way, uh, so the Hurt business tried to get involved. Of course, that meant Big E's former teammates, the New Day. They came out to equalize that. This is setting up where there's a lot of six-man tags, a lot of tag matches, a lot of uh, mixing matches that, that really, I guess, Big E versus Lashley could go for a little while. You know, depending on the draft. The draft could have affected that. We'll, we'll get into that. But ultimately, who wins the match? Big E. And uh, he gets his celebration again. Uh, is just due for all this. Just uh, just absolutely fantastic. Um, really, really happy for Big E and uh, him getting the chance uh, to, to be on top. We all saw this a couple years ago when they split him off from the New Day. And we said, hey, this is going to be his rise to the top. And it has been. So now it'll be, uh, it looks like his first, well, I mean, we'll get into it more on next week's show, but it looks like his first contender is going to be Drew McIntyre. That's kind of interesting. Why is that interesting? Well, tune in next week. Uh, I'm going to get into some other stuff. I really, really like this tag team of uh, Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Like I said, they're like cousins or something anyway.
1: But the two of them, they they could be dominating the tag scene pretty soon.
0: Uh, right now it seems like them, or it looks like they are uh, kind of taking on the Viking Raiders, which is, is kind of one of the entry teams. One of the, the, when you're a new team trying to establish yourself, you usually get a match with them or, or a couple of the other guys and because they're going to make you look really good. They're going to beat you up. because they're going to make you look really good. Uh, you know, Garza and Correa, look out for them. I, I think within a couple of months you could see them in the, the tag team title picture, I think. Uh, We also got to see Keith Lee come back. They're calling him the Bearcat or something like that. Keith, the Bearcat, Lee. They're just trying to repackage him, I think, because he was poised for such a good run. And then he he took the time away. It wasn't on TV for a while, and then now he's back. So they're just having to kind of reintroduce him because he had so much momentum coming out of NXT that he, he just hadn't been able to capitalize on it. Because of the time away, uh, Karrion Cross versus Jackson Riker. These are two of my favorite workers to watch. Cross uh, is going to be an up-and-coming force, and uh, Jackson Riker. I remember years ago seeing him in the uh, the NWA. Obviously, that was not his name then, but uh, he's a fantastic wrestler. In fact, I saw him against Adam Pearce in an NWA match years ago. Uh, just. About twenty minutes up the road from where I'm at right now, but um, just the two of them—if they—if they end up working a program together, that's going to be fantastic. Uh, as
1: far as Raw from
0: a couple of weeks ago, I—that's pretty much, pretty much the main things worth talking about. There, there's a lot of filler. It's a three-hour show. While I agree it needs to be a three-hour show because they're, they're trying to get everything in and not everything makes it in either. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like years ago when they went to three hours on Raw, they, they kind of they stepped in the hole they're in now. It just makes it tough. Let's move to SmackDown. On SmackDown, it was draft night number one. Uh, Raw selected
1: Big E.
2: And
1: let's see. It says Big E and New Day, but
0: I could have sworn New Day was on the other was on the other show. But hey, if they're both on Raw, then that's great to keep them together. SmackDown took Roman Reigns and Charlotte took her away from Raw which gives two heavyweight champions in the women's division right now because Becky Lynch is still over there. Uh, Hit Row was also drafted to SmackDown from NXT. I, I think that's pretty good. It's They kind of ran their course in NXT versus uh, Legato Del Fantasma. Put them on a bigger show, see what happens. Not really a bigger show. I mean, just honestly, I think NXT is as big as SmackDown, and at any given point, all three of them are the same. But uh, put them on a different show, see what happens there. What will more than likely happen is they'll have an okay run. Uh, One or two of them will split off from there and probably uh, be a lot more successful. Not sure which ones yet. Uh, You have the Roman and Rock confrontation. This is all coming to a head I think in two weeks when their next pay-per-view is Uh, Crown Jewel. That's an interesting debate. Do you take the title away from Roman who has had a spectacular run? I think he's had it over a year. He's really built himself up. The thing is if you take the title away, is that going to reverse some of or detract from some of the legacy he's built? Is Roman considered as big of a, a personality and a threat if he doesn't have the title? It's an interesting debate. I would say at this current moment, if he loses the title... Yeah, I don't think he's got quite the clout and prestige that, uh, that he does. Uh, but I think it's a lot closer to the same for Brock Lesnar. Brock's a force. Brock shows up. Brock is a main offender. Everybody knows, the Clap. you know, if we're doing video game ratings, Brock Lesnar shows up. He's he's a 95 out of 100. If he's the champ, he's a 101. You know, that's that's how that goes. Well right now if if uh if you're doing the same video game rating for Roman Reigns, I I would say he's a he's a, a 91. He's up there. His in-ring performances lately have been just off the charts. He's probably a 91. With the belt, yeah, he's probably a 95 96, no joke. It it will take a little way from it, but I don't think it's going to do much. Now here's the thing too. Brock comes back. If Brock wins the belt, then uh then what? Is he gonna stick around for a while? Is he gonna disappear again? Is he gonna have a big time run? And if he has a big time run, what do you do with Roman Reigns? There's uh there's just certain things to where this almost needs to be a no contest of some kind or a wash. And if not, then you need Roman to uh to go over it and you could have Paul Heyman be the, the, the uh guy who does something dastardly enough to eliminate Brock. I think that would be good booking. I would would consider that. But that's, it's just something, that is the crown jewel of crown jewel, is, is having Brock versus Roman. This is something they really built up. It has a lot to do with the fact that Paul Heyman is connected to both. This SmackDown has a potential just... Almost trophy on the mantle. You can already put the trophy up. You you will eclipse practically anything Raw is doing if you can have a fantastic battle between Roman and Brock. I would say practically because Big E, lastly, is still pretty good in my opinion. Um, It looks like Baron Corbin, who's now calling himself Lucky Corbin or something, uh, he's now added... Uh, Moss to it, to his to his uh, empire there. The two of them could be a, a pretty good little team. Moss is a good worker. They're going to do some stuff here and there. Uh, KO put them over a little bit, trying to help him out. It's nice to have Corbin not doing that down on your luck stuff because that's that's just weird. It, it, it was okay for a while, I and mean, it just got dumb. But, uh, having Moss there that's that's gonna be good. Corbin and Moss could be a, a tandem to look for late this year, early next year. They they gotta build up a little bit. Uh Seth, this this was it um I don't know if it was the actual one or not but the fact that Edge comes to the ring looking for Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins says uh yeah when you confirmed that you were gonna be there that meant you weren't gonna be here. And supposedly he was outside of uh, Edge's house. Edge married to Beth Phoenix. They have a couple kids. Luckily, none of them were in the house. That could have been weird. It could have been really, really criminally weird. But uh Seth kind of goes in there and sits at the kitchen table and, you know, does some things here and there. He doesn't do anything detrimental. He, he finds an apple and eats an apple in, like, a little den room. You know, he... Yeah, he's trespassing, if you want to go that route. But the way they're doing this angle, is, I like it. I really, really like it. I don't know what the payoff is going to be because um, of their future plans for Seth. But there's something that did happen this Monday on Raw that I find very interesting that has to do with... Uh, uh, the World Heavyweight Championship on SmackDown and one of the, what I thought would be one of the bigger contenders. So we'll tease another thing for uh, for next week. Hopefully we'll do that show Monday. And then uh, Sasha and Bianca had a match. Sasha ends up winning the match. And then I think this is where Charlotte came in and dropped them both because she's She says she's the champ on Raw. Becky Lynch is doing commentary. She stood up on the announce table and held up her belt and said, you know what? I got one of those too. Be interesting to see what happens there, because they do actually do something about that on Monday. NXT, Electra Lopez, who is part of Legado del Fantasma. Still like saying that. She took on B-Fab from the hit row. She uh it was an okay match. It, it, it for for two people that seem pretty new to end ring combat. I don't know their backgrounds, but they seem uh relatively new to at least big time rings. It was okay. But this was the uh the blow off match between these two groups because Electra Lopez wins, B.Fab and Hit Row, like I said, a couple days later, go to SmackDown. So we won't really see much more of that. Which, I mean, that was the only match between those two groups that hadn't happened yet, was the two women. And that's because Lopez just has showed up. So seems like that feud is is done for now. Unless they move Legado Del Fantasma to SmackDown. Toxic Attraction is a team and a faction that I think can do some really big things. It is of course led by Mandy Rose who has changed her hair color to kind of uh, an auburn brown. Different, I like it. Gives her a different look. Um, it is also Gigi Dolan, the fiery redhead, and also I believe JC Jane, I think JC Jane, or Janie, JC Jane I believe. Who is a uh, fantastic in-ring performer? Um, this group—they got the tag team, they've got the uh, the leader there. They're acting as a group. They're coming after people as a group. I think this is something you can you can definitely uh, look out for. And they actually had a tag match with Zoe Stark and Io Shirai for the tag team championships on NXT for the women. You guys know, I'm not a big Zoe Stark fan. She's an okay worker. I I don't understand her rise so quickly. I mean, from the time she got in there, she's been in the top. Because the last thing she had done before here was she was in Impact Wrestling, I'm pretty sure. And had done a couple things here and there. I don't know. But uh, Io Shirai, as good a worker she is, the fact that Stark and Shirai are the... Are the tag champs? It's just a bizarre group. It's they—they they don't really act as a team. They, they don't look like a team. I don't know. Maybe it's just they wanted to reward two top performers with a belt. I don't know. But they be Toxic Attraction? Of course they do. The Toxic Attraction is going to do some some things. I don't know if they're necessarily going to be tag champs right now, but I think they're going to band together and they're gonna—they're going to go after somebody. I just uh, can't wait to see who. Let's see. Kyle O'Reilly versus Rich Holland was as brutal as you would expect it to be. O'Reilly has always been just devastating with those kicks and the strikes, and he's really, really solid in the ring. And Rich Holland to be a former what rugby player, the guy looks the part, he acts the part, he can wrestle. He's a pretty good performer. He's he's really doing some big things. Talk a a little bit more about him next week for a particular reason. I'm not giving out spoilers. If you guys saw it this week, then great. If not, still not giving out spoilers. Uh, O'Reilly over Holland. Uh, Holland and Dunn, to me, are a great tandem. I really like that they put the two of them together. And uh, we'll see what they can do going forward. And Raquel Gonzalez had a just kind of look like impromptu title defense against Frankie Monet. Really wish they would have built this up more because I think Frankie is better and I think she could beat Gonzalez. But Gonzalez is one of those that if she doesn't have the title, she would go from, you know, let's say let's say an eighty five video game rating. She's a pretty good performer. An eighty five, if you take the title, she might be a seventy five. That title has added a lot to her attitude, to the way she performs, to things like that. Uh, of course, Raquel Gonzalez beats Frankie Bonet. I don't think this is done with. They will do some other things moving forward, I think. And, it, like I said, just impromptu. I feel like you could build this up because Frankie's got a big indie reputation. She's got a group around her. Raquel is pretty good on a mic. You could build up a lot of things here and there. And conspicuous in her absence, ever since Raquel Gonzalez beat her friend, Dakota Kai, we have not seen her on TV. Now, it could be injury. could be scheduled time off. Those kind of things happen. You know, I told you guys with Alexa Bliss, that's what's going on. There's scheduled time off, and there's a little bit of an injury that she's having uh, fixed up. So, when we see Dakota Kai... We'll see what happens. Maybe she returns to help Raquel out. Either way, there's your your WWE for uh, that week. Let's go to Impact Wrestling where there was a number one contenders match for the Women's
1: Tag Team Championships. And
0: that, of course, was Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering, who are one of my favorite teams because I'm a big fan of them both. One of my favorite teams uh, in the women's division, of all women's divisions, versus Tenille Dashwood and Madison Rain. Nice to see Madison Rain back. Uh, Caleb with a K was down there, and uh, he helped them win. Tenille and, and Madison Rain are the number one contenders. And that is significant because tonight, because this is a Saturday, tonight at 8, there is a knockouts knockdown. Which is all knockouts the whole way. That is, uh, even down to the announcers. And I'll get more into that show here in a minute. Because uh, I'm going to get through the Impact Wrestling stuff and then, uh. Then we'll talk about the uh, the knockouts knockdown because it is.
1: Uh, but yeah,
0: it, that's that's the only way that Jordan and Rachel were going to lose that match. Tadio's a good worker. Reign's a fantastic performer as well, but uh. When you talk about just overall tag team tandem, Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering are just really, really good. Um, But Tenille and Rain get the tag title shot, and that may be because uh, on the pay-per-view, Jordan and Rachel are going to be quite busy. Um, Chris Daniels returns. Uh, you guys know that from last last week. Uh, Chris Daniels is back. It's good to see the Fallen Angel back in Impact Wrestling, where uh, he really cut his teeth years ago. Uh, he took on Madman Fulton. He got a lot out of Fulton. Fulton uh, had a pretty good performance as well. Of course, Chris Daniels is going to win that. I want to see what they're going to do with Daniels. Um, I think Daniels versus Ace Austin would be pretty good. Uh, but there's a lot of other matchups that I would look to see Chris Daniels do. And if he's just doing the uh, the old retirement tour, if he's going to go through and have all the, the fantastic matches with all the people people wanted to see, the big dream matches, then I'm, I'm all for it. If he wants to play a bigger part in what they're doing, I'm all for that too. And honestly, the whole Eddie Edwards versus uh, W. Morrissey stuff, You know, Morrissey and Moose have have paired up together, which is helping Morrissey. It's not doing anything for Moose. I don't know. I don't know where this feud's going because it keeps getting more violent more violent more violent, and I I don't get where they're going with it because it's not really going anywhere. Now, let's talk about knockouts, knockdown. Tonight, 8 p.m., I believe it is on Impact Plus which is there streaming service. Uh, and it's, I mean, they've done these kinds of things before. I Impact Wrestling has a couple other ones. The NWA had one the other day. Different ones have done it. Um, I would like to see WWE give it a shot. And you could have uh, great matches from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. All the, the women's divisions. I, uh, you could even have a big battle royal or a melee match of some kind, or, you know, a multi person. You could do those kinds of things too. But I think you could just have good, solid matches from all those, and, and I'd be all for it. But this knockouts knockdown, there's going to be some, or there is. Some really good matchups. There's some uh, people you may not know. There's some people I don't know. Um, I think the ring announcer is going to be Melissa Santos. You guys may remember her from Lucha Underground. She is also the... uh, I don't know if they're married yet. Girlfriend, fiance, wife, whichever she is, of uh, Brian Cage, who is now on AEW. They uh, have... A- An amazing kid. Uh, But Melissa Santos is going to be the ring announcer. I know Mickey James is the color analyst. Yes, she's the color analyst. And Veda Scott is going to be the play-by-play. That's going to be fun. I've never seen an all-female tandem group like that. And if I did, I don't remember. That's That's a pretty solid one for sure. Let's go over the card for the knockdown. Knockouts, knockdown. You are going to see Decay with Crazy Steve and Black Taru. Decay being Rosemary and Havoc. They are the tag team champions. They're going to take on the influence with Caleb with a K. The influence, of course, Madison Reign and Tennille Dashwood. My prediction for that, Decay. The number one contendership was just decided in the last week and a half, so... I very much think that Decay is going to keep the titles here. And uh, maybe somewhere down the road, they take on Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering. That'd be fun. But I got Decay winning that one. There's going to be a Knockouts Knockdown tournament where the winner will receive a future Knockouts Championship match. Now, this is where we get to some familiar and unfamiliar names. Here's the first round matchups. In match number one, it is Tasha Steeles. We know Tasha. Tasha is going to be taking on Jamie Senegal. I don't know much about Jamie Senegal. I'm looking at her picture here. She seems seems a little edgy as far as... uh, A little bit of attitude to her, but Tasha's got one, too. So, hopefully, hopefully that'll uh, that be a fantastic opening round matchup there. You've also got Chelsea Green versus Renee Michelle. I don't know Renee Michelle at all. Uh, she's got to be a solid performer. They wouldn't put her in this, so hope that's a good one as well. Lady Frost that we have seen recently on Impact Television is gonna take on Rachel Ellering. This is why I said uh I think Rachel ended up in this tournament after uh they got eliminated from number one contendership. And in the last match from the Sue Young faction, Brandy Lauren is gonna take on I think it's Lauren actually. is gonna take on Mercedes Martinez. We recent the last time we saw Mercedes Martinez she was in NXT, but she was one of the recent releases. Impact is not dumb. They say she is one of the, uh, she's like a 15-plus year indie veteran. Fantastic performer. Big, big personality. It's going to be fun to have it. I hope she sticks Impact. So, predictions there. I think Tasha Steele's going to beat Jamie Senegal. I think Chelsea Green's going to beat Renee Michelle. Um... I'll be honest, Lady Frost and Rachel Ellering is a toss-up because I could see Rachel getting the nod, but I could also see Lady Frost getting a push. And either way, I think Mercedes Martinez could beat Brandi Loren. So that would set up Tasha Steeles versus Chelsea Green. Can we Chelsea Green going to the finals against, gosh, Chelsea Green, Mercedes Martinez would be fantastic, but since I'm going to say Lady Frost wins the other one, I'm going to say Lady Frost is going to beat Mercedes Martinez, and we're going to get Chelsea Green versus Lady Frost in the finals. Give me Chelsea Green because I think they're going to give her the boost up to take on the world champ, Deanna Perrazzo, at some point, and that is a main event worth watching. Uh, Let's see. Up next, speaking of Deanna Perrazzo, since her and Mickey James have a no contact clause until they face each other at Bound for Glory, they got to pick each other's opponents. And while Mickey will probably have a match on this week's Impact, Diana will have a match tonight. Who did Mickey pick for Deanna, She picked uh, an up and comer, Masha Slamovich. I don't know much about Masha. She looks like she's going to terrorize Sienna. That's all Mickey really wants her to do. And uh, prediction for the match, Sianna's going to win, but I think she's going to go through a, a mini battle war right here. Uh, on the knockout, it's knocked knockout. Up next, there is a uh, just a four-way match. It's, oh, it's a Monster's Ball match. Oh, boy. Monster's Ball means weapons. Ooh, boy! It is going to be Tasha Steele's uh, bodyguard, Savannah Evans, versus from the Sue Young faction, Kimber Lee. It is uh, Alicia Edwards, who knows a little bit about things because of Eddie, and Jordan Grace. In all honesty, if this was an actual match, I would say it's in reverse order of how it would probably go. Jordan Grace would probably win. Alicia Edwards could be the possible second pick as far as that. But would it be in a Monsters Ball match? I just have a weird feeling Kimberly and her Sue Young uh, doll get-up could win this match. That's Savannah Edwards. I mean, Savannah Evans could because it would give a boost to her and Tasha. But I just don't see it. I'm gonna say prediction Kimberly is gonna win Monsters Ball. And I think I think that's that's the card. That's a solid card. It's a fantastic card. But uh yeah, knockouts, knockdown. They're um It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. right, uh, let's talk some AEW real quick. Speaking of the women, the amazing women, Anna Jay and Tay uh, Conti had a match. I think they're calling themselves uh, J-Tay or Tay-J. I think it's Tay-J. Well, from the Dark Order. They're a pretty good team. They took on the Bunny and Penelope Ford. Also a pretty good tandem themselves. Uh, Anna Jay and Ty Conti end up with the win in that one. That'd be fun, them going forward. I think at some point we're going to see more emphasis on the women's division. There's a good about now. I think we're going to see a, a bigger boost here soon. That is partially because I know of something from this week, and that is partially because I just have that feeling that this is a division that could explode because of the talent. Um, Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole was every bit and more of what you thought it would be. These are two of the best in the world. I'd both probably put them maybe just outside the top ten because there's so much great stuff going on. But these are two of the best in the world at in-ring performance. And, uh, of course, Cole gets the victory, but Jungle Boy, Adam Cole, that... Man, that is that is a match. You you sit down to watch anytime it is on. I just think Adam Cole needed the boost and needed the clout a little more, so he ended up with the victory there. Uh, Miro defended his TNT Championship that he has been railroading everybody for here lately. Well, he took on the Spanish God, Sammy Guevara. And while this is a weird matchup, uh, you get another speed guy versus a power guy. Um, Sammy is probably one of the more high-profile guys that Miro has faced. Miro's faced some, some good ones. Sammy's got a bigger reputation, mainly from uh, his in-ring performance and just the fact of uh, being in Jericho's group. Well, this ended up being the crowning achievement for Sammy Guevara, who pulls off the upset. He's now the TNT champion moving forward. Miro can easily do some other stuff. Uh, At some point, I think he will get a rematch that Sammy will win. But just overall, great booking, great storytelling, great match. These two are are top of their game. It was really, really good to watch. Uh, Cody... And Lee Johnson from the Nightmare Academy took on Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. And while Cody and Lee Johnson did win the match, there is going to be a weird falling out, possibly reunion split. I'm not sure what it's going to be, but Arn and Cody kind of had a little bit of a disagreement. And it bled into this week as well. But there was, I don't know they're... Not quite on the same page, so it will be interesting to see if this is just a way to move Arn off television. Maybe he's getting to a point where he just doesn't need to be on TV. It doesn't matter to me. He plays a great role when he's there, and, you know, if he wants to be on TV or not, it's up to him. It's just going to be, it's interesting. Maybe this is where Cody turns heel, goes back to being a little dastardly which I, I don't know, because him and Malachi Black still kind of have a, a lingering... They haven't finished that yet. But it'd be interesting to see. Plus, having Cody, Lee Johnson, Dante Martin, and Matt Seidel in the same ring, electric match. It was an electric match, for sure. Um, MJF and Darby is interesting, because I think right now Darby is held in higher clout than MJF. And it's not that MJF's like in a doghouse or something. It's just the fact that he's kind of wavered, he's kind of faltered a little bit and fell a little bit recently. I think the Jericho stuff helped his resume, but it was just kind of all over the place and drug out for so long that it he really didn't gain any steam off of it. But MJF and Darby, Allen, we know, are two people, two cornerstones going forward that they're building AEW about. So, Sammy, I think, is the third. Uh, It'll be interesting to see these two kind of go at each other. Darby will probably get a few surprise wins here and there. My guess is that MJF will get the better of him by the end because of Wardlow or something else. I don't know. MJF could be the top. At one time, was the top heel in the company. Now... He's barely top five, barely top five. But another solid show from AEW, uh, AEW Rampage that they do on Friday nights. Brian Danielson took on Nick Jackson. That was ever bit as good as you think it would be. It, uh, an Andy five star match for sure. Uh, Danielson, I, I'm trying to see what his end game is. Is he here to take out Omega? Or to beat Omega, or is he here to take the title, or is he here as a you know reunion tour, as a, a you know same as Chris Daniels? Is he here just to take on all the people that were wanted to see him take on years ago, but he couldn't because he was in WWE? I don't know. I, I I would like to know what direction this is going because you know they brought Frankie Kazarian back to battle the Elite and the Super Elite and all them. And also, conspicuous in their absence, where are the Good Brothers? They weren't on Impact Wrestling that week. They weren't on AEW. Are they taking time away, or do they go back to Japan? Maybe they're still doing some stuff in New Japan. I don't know. Just, uh, like I said, conspicuous in their absence. But uh, Danielson gets the win there. Really, really good match. Like I said, maybe he starts going through all the members. Maybe... Maybe he goes to Matt Jackson next, then Adam Cole, then Omega, you know, goes through the whole faction. It happened. happen. Uh, they had a, a three-way women's match between Jade Cargill, Nyla Rose, and Thunder Rosa. I don't know what it was for. I don't know if it was just a match, but it involved weapons, and that's what pretty much equaled the playing field, because... Thunder Rosa is by far an A performer. Nyla Rose is probably a B plus. She's really good, too. Jay Cargill is, is quite new, and it uh, has a chiseled physique and needs a boost. And uh, they had eliminated Nyla and Thunder Rosa powerbombed her through a table off the uh, off the top rope. That was pretty crazy. And uh, when they eliminated her that way, then uh, Jade Cargill found a chair and just wore Thunder Rosa out with it until uh, she stopped and then just pinned her. Yeah, great equalizer, a steel chair. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't think Cargill had any business winning the match. I understand they're trying to build her right now. Not sure for what, because she's so green and so new. It's probably not going to go well. But either way, she gets the win. Uh, Nyla and Thunder Rosa, you got robbed in that one. And then in the main event, it was a hair versus hair match. Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans. Jack Evans has a new dude. It was a really good match. There was a lot of false finishes. Matt Hardy and his group come down to try to interfere. Uh, the best friend's come down to kinda of equal them out, then more Matt Hardy people then more Matt Hardy people came out. And so the dark order come out as well. And said, no, nope, you're not coming down here. Orange gets the win. Like I said, Jack gets a uh, trimmed up new do. It'll be interesting to see when he shows back up uh what he's done with. It. If he shaved the whole thing or if he, he they just left it really short. Uh that moves us from the pro wrestling world to the cages. Bellator 267 happened a couple weekends ago. And it was Douglas Lima versus Michael Venom Page. Two. They faced each other previously. It was the only blem- it is the only blemish on MVP's record. The only loss—he got knocked out by Douglas Lima. There was no fluke. Lima's a fantastic—you know—you don't—you don't get 32 wins in the MMA world and be bad. And uh, this one actually went how I thought it would. I'm, I'm going to talk about the main card. Of Bellator 267. This went exactly, not really exactly. It went how I thought it would. And that is that Lima scored a lot of takedowns. MVP is more of the uh, the uh, sneaky striker. And this went back and forth. It went down to a split decision. Depending on who you ask is who won. To me, I thought Lima won 29-28. Just barely. I mean, it was almost it was almost twenty eight and three quarters, twenty eight and a quarter. Uh, but uh, the judges saw it otherwise. Two judges saw it for uh, MVP, so he ends up with the victory. And it was such a good one. It's not controversial, not like that. But it was such a good one that. There's a good chance MVP will be in line for a title shot very, very soon. But uh, just fantastic fight. If if this is going to be your main event, then you're going to have a solid, just exceptional show. And they did. Uh, Leah McCourt defeated Jessica Borga via unanimous decision. Uh, One judge saw it 30-27. It it was 29-28. It was close, but uh, Leah McCourt with the big victory in that one. Andrew Fisher and Robert Whiteford It uh, got ruled a no contest because of uh, unintentional eye pokes halfway through round number two. Uh, it just couldn't continue. Uh, this is what you do: you line these two back up in a month, two months, whatever, and you have them fight again. That's what I would do. It was completely unintentional. You look back; it, it any replay will show you wasn't wasn't on purpose at all. Uh, just unfortunately, things happen, just like inadvertent uh, low blows, things like that. Now, if it's on purpose, that's different. But inadvertent ones, accidental—you know, it is what it is. And sometimes you have to call fights, and you had to call this one. Uh, Luke Trainer defeated Yannick Bahati via TKO with punches in round number two, about midway through. Luke Trainer, man, he he come out with a mission, and uh, Yannick Bahati had a few shots here and there. He just had—he had nothing that he could do to combat Luke just coming at him. And then to round out the main card, Tim Wilde defeated Eves and Landu. The unanimous decision, 29-28 across the board. Good, solid fight. Good, solid fight. Tim Wilde definitely did enough. He definitely did more than Eves to get the victory. And so, he got it. Congratulations to him on that. That moves us. Uh, Let's see, next, Bellator, Bellator 268. Is next weekend, the sixteenth. That is going to be uh, Nemkov versus Anglicus, and that no, yeah, two sixty-eight, yeah, two sixty-eight. That uh, that's going to be pretty good there. I believe this is where we're going to see the light heavyweight Grand Prix semifinals. And I'm pretty sure, uh, yep, Nemkov, uh, Anglicas. Anglicas is stepping in for, was it, Yolo Romero? One of them had to pull out of the fight because of illness and, and some physical stuff going on. So Anglicas is the, the uh, alternate. So welcome to the semifinals. He has as good a shot as anybody. Nimkov's a champ though, so good luck, buddy. You got Lithuania versus Russia on that one. Uh, in the semifinal you've got the you've got Ryan Bader, who is the sitting heavyweight champ, who's also in the lightweight here. Uh, he's gonna take on Corey Anderson, the winner of that, the winner of those. who will obviously face in the finals. But uh, that's gonna be fantastic. Let's do a little prediction here. I think Nimkov is gonna beat Anglikus. It's not the personal Anglikus, Nemkov is the champ for a reason. And I think Ryan Bader very much is going to beat Corey Anderson, and we're going to get champ, champ, champ versus champ, champ, champ opportunity for Bader. Uh, Ryan Bader versus Nemkov—that is going to be something else. Now, hey, Corey Anderson, you want to upset the apple cart? You want to beat Ryan Bader? Well, where are my feelings because Anderson Nemkov is going to be just as spectacular. Get the return of Vincent Henderson in the lightweight. Feature fight here versus Brent Primus. Gosh, as good as Benson is, a lot of people think maybe he is—I don't want to say over the hill—but he's uh he's not at his peak, and he is uh, rounding out his career. Is what people are saying. I think Benson Henderson could still knock anybody out because he'll submit people if he really wanted to. But I also think Brent Primus at 10-2 and two is uh, going to come out guns blazing because having that Benson Henderson notch on your belt definitely looks good on the rise up. I'm taking Brent Primus in that one. And to round out the main card, Henry Corrales in the featherweight feature fight is going to take on Ladislav Berubtiko from the Ukraine. This can be a fun fight too. Henry can really deal, and uh, Vlad is going to come out swinging as well. Give me the Ukrainian. Give me Vladislav I Hope I'm saying that correctly. But uh, that's that's who I would take in those. That moves us to UFC Fight Night. UFC Fight Night from a couple from uh,
1: last weekend. Where it was, uh, Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker. Uh, that was a pretty good fight. The The two of them
0: traded blows as, as, uh, we all thought they would. Somehow the screen just reset, so
1: give me just a second to pull it back up. Uh, They uh but
0: Tiago Santos, Johnny Walker, they, they come in with big pedigrees. They both had fantastic careers up until this point even. There we go. But Tiago Santos gets the unanimous decision. Victory there, it's the Battle of Brazil, both Brazilian fighters there. Uh like I said, light heavyweight, you gotta look at at uh Tiago and Johnny as, as contenders moving forward as as big as the lightweight division is and it's crazy and and chaotic you uh you got to look out for tiago santos and johnny walker i said this was a good fight i think the right guy won i think tiago did more than johnny did in trying to win the fight and uh we see where things go after this this was five rounds these two traded like this so uh, in the main in, in the sub main, co main, I guess, uh, Kevin Holland and Kyle Dawkus. Dawkus was looking to have his big, have his big coming out party, and his big uh, triumph celebration as his brother did uh, the week before, and technically Kyle won this fight twice, and I say technically because he did get the submission victory. Initially, decision, the submission decision over Kevin Holland. But before that, Kevin Holland looked like he got knocked out for a second and then came back to, and then that's when uh, he put the, the uh, rear naked choke on him and won. But the referee knew something was weird. Something was fishy. Something
1: didn't add up.
0: So... He went back and looked at replay, which the Nevada State Athletic Commission allows you to do, and I think more commissions do this. They go back and they look. And the reason why Kevin Holland took a blow that knocked him out initially, as he as and then the ground kind of popped him back in, it was an inadvertent headbutt from from Kyle. Kyle and Kevin they they clashed heads, and that caused uh, Kevin to to lose his sense of balance and hit the turf or hit the hit the canvas. So and then because of that that technically caused the the choke later on because Kevin wasn't really in his right mind. So this ends up getting ruled a no contest. And while I hate it for for Kyle Dawkins who technically won this fight twice, he said this. He he come out and said he said the right thing. But he he said it too was that, uh, yeah it, you know yeah it sucks, but it was the right call because the headbutt caused the reactions from Holland that ultimately caused Daucus to get the best of him. I think uh, once Kevin Holland is medically cleared, make sure everything's good, brain's healed, everything like that. You line these two back up. You one hundred percent line these two back up in in whatever time period that is. This needs to get settled. Um, Nico Price with the decision win over Alex Oliveira in the welterweight division. Nico Price really doing some big time things. He's he's moving himself up in the welterweight division. He will be a contender very very soon, if not sooner. Kryzdov, Jocko took on Misha Sirkonov. Jocko with the uh, split decision win here. These these two these two went back and forth pretty good, but uh I do agree Jocko uh did a little more and uh, got the victory there. And to round out the main card, Alexander Hernandez with the TKO victory over Mike Breeden in uh a minute twenty into round number one. Fantastic victory for Alexander Hernandez. Uh 13 4 and zero. It only moved Mike Breeden to ten and four. 10, 4 and zero. So both these in the lightweight division, they're they're looking to do some some bigger things too. Uh, not sure how far away they are in the rankings because rankings are weird and done by media that is not me. Uh, but having maybe Hernandez and Santos fight down the road could be uh, could be pretty entertaining. Uh, some other things that happened. A couple of little news and notes on the rest of the card. Antonina Shevchenko, you know, she is a bullet Shevchenko's sister, uh, lost by KO to Casey O'Neal, who is still undefeated at 8-0 and o in the women's flyweight round number two. Towards the end, uh, she just smashed her. She got her. Uh, Antonina is, is still a fantastic fighter, so uh, we'll, we'll see some things down the road from her, but uh, good for Casey O'Neill moving up the flyweight division. She's got to be considered a contender here pretty soon. Um, Stephanie Agger with the TKO victory over Shayna Young in the women's bantamweight. That was uh, that was a good performance for sure. Halfway through round number two, and uh, Alejandro Perez submitting Johnny Eduardo to uh, start the card. Most of the way through round number two, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Now, that brings up UFC Fight Night this weekend. It is headlined by Mackenzie Dern and Marina Rodriguez in the Women's Strawweight. This is all on ESPN+. And look, this is how far fighting has came just in 365 days. A year ago, if you had told me Mackenzie Dern and Marina Rodriguez are here, like they walked in the door, I would say, okay, are they sales reps? Or are they somebody's agent? Uh, did they bring lunch? I, I wouldn't know who they were. But because of the emergence of fighting in the last year and the emergence of women's combat sports in the last year, you I heard Mackenzie Dern and Marina Rodriguez a couple weeks ago were bumped up to the main event of this, or were offered the main event for this, and that is spectacular. These two girls are going to go. This might be one of the must-see fall main events for the UFC. It may not have the the big brand recognition of some of the other ones, but my goodness, these two girls are going to be fantastic. I think Mackenzie is the slight favorite. She is. uh, She's 11-1-0, 14-1-2 for Marina Rodriguez. These two girls are going to go, man. They are going to go and go heavy. Uh, Prediction.
1: Give me Marina Rodriguez in the upset.
0: Why not? I, I, I like Mackenzie Dern just as well equally. Give me Rodriguez. I don't know. Got a weird feeling. Uh, Match number two on the main card. Randy, I'm going to say all of these. There's only nine matches in this card because of cancellations and COVID and things like that. They've only got nine, so uh, this should be solid, though. Randy Brown is taking on Jared Gooden in the welterweight division. Uh, Give me Jared Gooden. I've seen him do some spectacular things here recently. Give me Jared Gooden. Feel real good about that. In the flyweight division, Tim Elliott is going to take on um, Matthias Nikolov or Nicolau. Give me Tim Elliott, the veteran, to win this one. Got in the women's flyweight, we're going to get Sabina Mazo versus Maria Agapava. Um, they're both nine and two. Give me Sabina. Give me Sabina in that one. Chris Gutierrez and Felipe Calares are gonna fight in the bantamweight division. Give me Felipe Calares in that one. I think uh I think he's a younger, fresher fighter. I, I just I like what he's gonna do. I, I like the things he could do. In the sixth fight for the heavyweight division, you get Alexander Romanov versus Jared Vanderay. My goodness. The, this is going to look like an Old West saloon bar brawl. Give me Alexander Romanov to make it to 15-0. and He's a slightly heavy favorite, but uh, he, he's get, Jared's going to hold his own, and he does have a chance in this one, but Romanov is who I'm picking for this one. In the featherweight division, Charles Rosa is taking on Damon Jackson. Damon's a slight favorite. Give me Charles Rosa. I've seen Rosa do some good stuff. I think Rose is going to get the victory here. In the women's strawweight, we're going to get Lupe Godinez taking on Silvana Gomez-Juarez. Give me Lupe. Lupe Godinez, who is the favorite. I think she's going to do some good things here. Uh, Silvana is a good fighter. She could, she could easily win, but I'm taking Lupe in this one. And in the, in the kickoff match for this ESPN plus UFC fight night event tonight in the lightweight division. Steve Garcia is a slight favorite over Charlie Ontiveros. Give me Charlie. I'll take Charlie in the upset. Give me Charlie in the upset. But that is going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people. We'll allow us to come on each and every week and talk combat sports, MMA, pro wrestling. You guys know we love combat sports. But we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Jeremy The Impact York from Impact Media. This has been Strong Style. See you hopefully on Monday. Go watch fighting, folks.